We are here. Nice to see you all again. I wish I could see you. I can't. You can only see us. I can see them. Oh, well, that's because you're Mac. (laughs) The rest of us haven't honed those skills yet. Welcome to the Happy Jacks RPG Network. This is session six of The Great American Witch, which is an RPG adapted from The Great American Novel. You can catch the other five episodes at happyjacks.org slash greatamericanwitch. And all of the other shows on the Happy Jacks Network are uh, are there as well at happyjacks.org slash shows. I am Christopher Gray. You can find me at christopher.world, and The Great American Witch is my game. So we are getting to play something that is not yet gone to market. But I do have some good news for everybody. This might be news to all of you. We are going to go ahead and uh, move this forward and kickstart Great American Witch on August 10th. Yay! It's happening at last. Uh, I do have some thoughts about that. It's not going to be a huge, major, month-long campaign. We're going to do it quick, easy, uh, get the production costs covered, and just get it to market. That's our goal. So uh, so look out for that. You'll be able to back it and get it within weeks. So it's uh, it's it's coming to you as soon as you want it. Uh, but enough marketing. Let's let's let's, let's have some let's have some fun tonight. Um, we have to get started, and we have to deal with certain uh, decisions that certain people made in the prior session. So if you're not caught up, I would go watch that first. Um, why don't we introduce our players? Emily, do you want to start? Hi, I'm uh, Emily Vanderwerf. I'm playing Abigail Hawks, who is of the craft of Hecate. She sees dead people. Who's next? I always forget the order. Mac? Jim? I forget. Let's go Mac. Uh, sure, why not? I'm Mac. Mac Beauvais, in fact. And I am here playing Imelda Lake, who goes by Mel, who is the craft of Lilith. Awesome. Jim, do you want to take it? Sure. Uh, my name is Jim, and I'll be playing Cabe Warner uh, of the craft of Terra. And I am Joe. I am playing Albert, and I am the Spider Grandmother Craft. Awesome. Well, uh, as a quick recap uh, from last week, we are, by the way, going back into our every other week schedule beginning tonight. Um, but last week we were playing, and uh, it was a really it was a really intense game. But I think the biggest outcome of that, in terms of the plot was that uh, the Fae were brought into this. Um, some negotiations took place, and uh, the Fae were uh, the, the the person who introduced himself as General George Washington, no relation, is now trapped at the hearth. Uh, other things came to light uh, during that game, and uh, I think uh, that was the biggest in terms of plot. Though. So we're going to pick it up pretty much right after that. Uh, as a reminder, we are uh, after Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't think we're quite yet into December, but we're getting close to the point in uh, in our story's history where the uh, solstice happens at the same time as a full solar eclipse. And so, therefore, all of the witches of the country are converging upon the small town of Salem, Indiana, in order to witness this thing. Um, and some of these covens might have better ideas than others on what to do with the power that will come. We've also learned that this is going to be attracting gods, goddesses, and and who knows what else. 
So uh, we are dealing with all of that. The uh, the seven out of New Orleans um, are trying to prepare the way and are not exactly pleased with the state of uh, Salem, Indiana's uh, token coven at Salem's Hearth. So that's sort of where we're at. Um, we're going to have to jump right in, uh, even past the point of uh, our typical montage opening, uh, because there's a serious problem. There is a fae that has been bound and trapped at your boarding house. Um, and this is uh, uh, probably explosive on uh, you know the implications of it. So we need to start with a menace. We're going to start right at uh, the top of the morning. Um, we're before dawn, so uh, you know we're in the winter months in the Midwest. So I guess that might be six in the morning. Um, there is a special chill in the air as another storm front is coming and descending upon Indiana. Pretty soon we'll be under several feet of snow, which is quite different than the situation I'm in here in Southern California. <laughs> as I've had to turn the fan off because of background noise. So if I start melting in my chair, you'll know why. Anyway, I digress. So uh, anyway, we're talking about a minute. So what happens, I think, is everybody... Uh, is awakened not by a sound and not even by a visual but by a feeling i think we can assume that emily was staying over again that night in um in raven's room and everybody else in their respective rooms but there's a sort of overwhelming sense of uh i wouldn't say dread but it's that kind of cold dread when you when your stomach drops and you realize i really messed up or something went really wrong just now and and that's that sort of just universally wakes everybody up. It's almost like the building is speaking to you, like get up. Mm. So at this point, uh, with that being the situation, having just woke up uh, to that feeling and that sensation, uh, what aspects are you in? Crone, Distur- disturbing my sleep. Yeah, I was going to say I'm always crone when I wake up. Um. <laughs> Made an after co- coffee. <laughs> What about yeah, Albert? Crone. Crone. Everybody's crone. I'm trying to be honest. Yes, crone. <laughs> and uh and Cape? Nope, oh, your audio. Yeah, I suppose I'll be crone as well. Everybody's <laughs> crone. Okay. So this is not a happy occasion. <laughs> we'll be fine. This is not <laughs> We don't need to worry about anything right now. So uh, that's what happens. You wake up, you have this feeling of of, of uh, oh shitness. Uh, I wouldn't call it panic though. It's more like you know something's terribly wrong. And if you're panicked about that, that's your decision. But there is something terribly wrong. Uh, Raven's awake too. She has that same kind of expression on her face. What do you do? Stagger out of my room, going, "What in the?" F- fuck was that albert is also Um, in the hall um just making sure that everybody is is in sight he's sees mel and he's looking for the others yeah i rush downstairs as well 
Um, yeah, I, I, I want to say that I did not go to sleep here last night, but at some point during the night I came here. So uh, perhaps people are surprised to see me, but yes, I run downstairs. So do you all go downstairs sort of at the same time, or is there somebody that makes it down there first? Um, I think I'd probably be down the stairs pretty quick. The door is wide open. And there is um, icy air just pouring into the foyer or the reception area. You're always you're always in the reception area <laughs> when these things happen. Um, and you see outside the door, it's... Um, uh, I hadn't given any thought to what the moon is like. Uh, it, the storm hasn't come, so let's say the moon is bright enough to see what's going on outside. And there is a white raven that is standing outside the door about ten paces out. Just looking in. Uh, and, you know, it looking with the side, side eye. Could you maybe come back at a more reasonable hour? The raven does not respond. Uh, does Albert remember this raven this as big. the same white raven as before? Uh, how many white ravens are there? Uh, the one that came to announce uh, that they wanted raven, our raven? Yeah, I mean, it, it's very likely, because h- how many are there? I mean, it's... Right, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely not a magpie. Um, Albert is going to try animal communication on the... He knows it's not an animal, but he's going to reach out with animal communication. Um, do I roll for that? Yeah, that's a spell you're casting in minutes. Yes. So um, this is... Is it in, is it a crone spell? It is not a crone spell. So you're casting it at woe, which means you pick mm-hmm. the lowest of three. Lowest of three. <laughs> and I'm showing the uh, board now. So these are the conflicts in play. Uh, I think uh, we can safely say that you're confronting Faye. Yeah. In this situation. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot Albert's mom is on there. <laughs> That's a thread we'll have to maybe look at. Um, that good. Uh, I have a six. Okay. So, um, that conflict is still in play. The raven at this point just comes forward, but as it comes forward, it's shifting into a human form. And it does so really elegantly. It's, you know, the the head just sort of rolls back. The arms form out of the wings, and she is stepping forward with a very determined stride. This is a woman that is obviously of uh, European descent, um, kind of wild, curly hair, and wearing uh, clothing that would have been, you know, modern sometime in 900 Common Era. So this is uh, an avatar of somebody from the past, um, with the feathers, the the raven feathers in her ears and the garb, you can assume this is this is probably a manifestation, one of the Celtic powers coming forward. She is stepping forward with purpose, and behind her are um, 
forming out of the darkness all manner of creatures. A few of them at first are flying and look like they might be eagles or large hawks. Beyond them are massive stags with horns the size of a person. Antlers, rather. And it's just like all of these natural animals are pouring forward in this huge display of power and magic. It looks real-ish, but mostly looks like a horrific vision. It doesn't look like it could be possible. And it's coming forward, and this, the, the, the very presence of them actually blows the entire wall of the hearth apart. And part of a bearing wall. So the second floor goes <laughs> and starts crumbling down. Uh-oh. And we're talking, I mean, this is a boarding house, so this is a huge wall. This is probably a 20, 30-foot expanse of wall that just blew in. All of you are thrown back from the rubble. And the woman walks calmly forward with these minions behind her, just sort of looming as shadows and part form, part shadow. Uh, I'm going to collect myself and walk forward. And uh, basically, I'm going to bow and say, what can we do for you? She um, speaks, but nothing comes from her. It's Raven that talks with her voice. And Raven says, she's scared. Uh, she does not look like she's the one talking, but it's her voice that responds. And Raven says, free him immediately. As you wish. And I go and I disturb the thing. I merely kept him around because he was rude. Okay, and so are you trying to protect at this point? No, I'm just agreeing. I'm acquiescing completely. But why? Uh, because I don't care about this guy, and it's not worth the conflict. And literally, I just kept him in there because he was being an asshole. <laughs> and I guess he's already paid his penance for it. It's fine. Okay, so uh, I think what we're going to do is... This is make a stand. Sure. They're confronting Hag. Uh, not hag. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the word hag. That's why I said that. But no, you're confronting they. And we're going to see if this action is going to be enough to satiate the anger of this entity. Okay, just a second. Bring it up my my dice app. Now that is a wisdom roll, and you're in crone, so you just get the uh, the straight up wisdom. And this is at will, correct? No, that's just for magic. Regular moves happen normally. Uh, the reason is is because the uh, the menace is harder to cast magic when you are being threatened. And you said this was wisdom, correct? Right. I got an eight. 
Okay, we're going to subdue Faye. Uh, General George Washington uh, melts into the ground. Uh, looks like liquid at first, but then becomes dirt and is gone. Uh, the woman at your threshold, who still hasn't come in, she just blew away the entire wall, but she's not stepped inside, gives you a curt nod, changes back into her raven form, and all of the shadows are gone. Raven is unconscious and bleeding from the ears and the mouth. Albert goes right over to Raven, um, just holds her, um, not moving her, but just kind of cradling her, just checking that she's breathing. She's uh, she's breathing, but she is unconscious. It's almost like um, the sort of uh, thing that would happen if you were... Um, you know, your eardrums blew because of some powerful force pounding into you, except it didn't pound into her, it came out of her. We still have like half a house, right? Yeah, this is, uh, it's, the, if the boarding house is a pretty large building, so it's really just the entryway, the registry area that's just completely blown down. Now, the uh, as I envision it, there are two wings, one on either side. Um, one of the wings was damaged from a bearing wall collapse, and so it's starting to collapse a bit. But apart from that, the house is fine. Albert, is Raven okay? I mean, uh, we have a lot to deal with right now, but she's first and foremost. She's breathing, but she's not in good shape. Do I need to take her to the hospital? I don't know that there's a hospital equipped to give her the aid she needs. Well, they can stop the bleeding. They they could stop the bleeding, right? And then we could figure out how to fix her. I'd like to cast a spell, please. Oh, crown. (laughs) Uh, Raven is hurt is the conflict I assume you're confronting. Yes, that is correct. And I am going to cast a crone spell, Sitapatra. Okay. Uh, I'm going to switch immediately to Maiden and heal a subject. This is when terror gets fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. So um, I'm assuming because, this is at well. No, it's not because it's in, it's in your aspect. Oh, even better so, then. So uh, it's just a normal roll. Yeah. No, I got an 11 on that bad boy. All right. Cool. So um, what does that look like? You have narrative control. Uh, okay. Uh, I uh, basically go, no, no, this is my fault. And I sort of like uh, kneel down and I sort of lift uh, Raven's uh, body up towards me. Uh, and I just sort of hold it and I, and I kiss it very gently on the forehead. And I go, you should not suffer for my mistakes. And then I just sort of... Uh, wipe uh, across the forehead and you see sort of like some of my breath sort of uh, fog up and just sort of seep into her mouth and she just sort of comes about and I'm sort of gently uh, take a handkerchief out and I'm sort of wiping the blood away and I go I am so very sorry 
Are you feeling better? Yeah, she completely spoke through me. She didn't take control over me. She just spoke through me, and it hurt. My body couldn't contain it. It is hard to listen to the voice of a god and contain one's mind. You, maybe in your sacrifice, you may have saved us all from a wrath that I brought forth simply because I was annoyed. And I suppose that there's a lesson to be learned from my foolishness and that there are consequences for even the most minor action and one has to weigh those before taking those actions. And once again, I am sorry you had to suffer for my stupidity. And he's, there, he's actually sort of tearing up and crying a little bit and sort of rocking her. And you can tell that he is just completely and totally uh, despondent over the fact that she was made to suffer over his stupidity. Um, I think I'm going to introduce another conflict here. Um, and I'm going to let the dice decide her response. Uh, the conflict is actually Raven, Raven is a harbinger. Um, the fact of the matter is, and I think that as witches, you would be astute enough to realize this, that, uh, a God speaking to mortals is decimating. So they must speak through harbingers. Um, and you've heard already that she is the battle crow. And you also heard that that is a, uh, a, a, a harbinger of what is to come. So she's in effect an angel, and that is why the uh, the god would be speaking through her, and that's why she didn't die, and that explains a lot of things about her actually. But uh, I'm putting that conflict on because I think you would realize this at this point, and also I want to see if your um, apology worked, or if, it's, if there's some serious damage here that was done. So um, befriend, I think, is the role. Okay. And you're a maiden, so you get an extra plus one for that, I think. Yay, me! <laughs> eh. I got a seven on the nose. Okay, that's all you need. Um, she, she accepts your apology, but is sort of sullen and sort of... Um, I w- traumatized but her reaction is I, I, I don't think you could have anticipated this no I was mucking about with powers that I shouldn't have been mucking about with we made our deal and we had our and we got our way I just felt petty I, there's there's been so much going on that has been outside of my control that maybe, is maybe somebody else needs to step into your role for a while. Maybe that's good advice. I'm going to go to bed. Then she leaves at that point. Uh, so now that she's feeling better, I'm not so keen on the new open concept we have going on for our building. We yeah. should... This is a lot to fix. Yeah, I'm... Uh not one to break the fourth wall and like Abigail like looks around like she made a great joke no not the moment for it 
Uh, I'm going to keep the chapter in menace because I think that you're exposed and threatened right now. And we're just going to see what happens. This is something you're going to have to fix or put into motion before we can move on to another chapter. Uh, I mean, do I call a construction company? What? <laughs> How do we even explain what happened? Um, I think I might have a spell that will work kind of maybe. Um, I want to give it a shot. I'm like, literally, Abigail's just like, you know, this might work. So I have this thing that lets me um, return someone who's dead to their body. I think I can, like, use it to rewind time, maybe. Maybe it's a theory. It seems like it works on the same principle. So I'm willing to try that is what I'm saying. I don't hear anybody saying I shouldn't, so. Um, yeah. Except I don't know where my dice yeah, are. Yeah, I, I don't know that I can do much for the building except Amityville horror it, so. No, I, I'm the, down the for sa- anything. The same power I use to uh, cure Raven, I can use to reconstruct the building, because I can reconstruct something that was destroyed as well. Well. Too late, I got my dice out. Yeah, the Hecate sounds more interesting. Yeah, well, I don't want to dominate the whole thing, so I'm just shitting up now. I'm <laughs> uh, So I'm rolling in. Um, it's it's a spell that is uh, a blessing spell in Maiden, and I'm in Crone, so... So you get it out, uh, whoa. Oh, great. Good. And you're confronting Hearth is Broken, which is a new conflict on the board. Okay. Um, but... This is my... So let's see what happens. Um, oh, God, no. I got a five. Okay. That's great. Uh, conflict <laughs> is still in play. So that doesn't work. So, um... You're essentially, you're essentially trying to bring the spirit of the hearth back mm-hmm. in a sort of resurrection right mm-hmm. yeah um, okay so as you are working this magic uh, it, it sort of it, it doesn't work that way and you realize that as, it, as it's kind of working or weaving and um, your as during while you're concentrating your phone literally blows up off of your hip or your pocket or wherever it is like it, it explodes. Just, like it just crumples. Not like fiery explosion, but it's like broken from inside. And uh, you can see spirits leaving it. And one of them's Jocelyn. Fuck. Who is now lost. She can't see anything. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And like the the Whatever like bricks were hovering off the ground, like dropped to the ground, and like I don't, I can't, I, I can't do it. I gotta, um, I gotta deal with something. You, you, you do your thing, Cabe. Go for it. When spirits are in this situation, uh, they're behind the veil, but they 
they can't see anything in the veil and they cannot mm-hmm. see the world either. So they're they're that's what lost souls are essentially. Oh, they're but like I, would, I would I would yeah. know that right? Like yeah, I would you know, would know that that just know that. Right. Time out real quick. Can everybody check their cable connection to make sure that the audio input is cor- is plugged in all the way? We're getting some weird feedback. Yeah, I was hearing that too. But I'm on USB, so I am too. As am I. I'm just gonna make sure it's plugged in. Yeah, I just want to make sure all the connections are plugged in fully, because it's I don't know what else to be causing that sound. I'm jiggling my dongle as we speak. Oh my. <laughs> Happy Jacks nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything seems to be fine on my end unless there's like two pieces of electronics that are too close together yeah it sounded more like feedback to me when I heard it because I did hear it yeah but just in case alright we'll keep an ear out for it but in any case uh, when that happens I'll go ahead and I'll spend a charm to move back to crone and cast that again Okay. <laughs> All right, so now you'll be casting uh, as a normal roll uh, against the same Hearth is Broken conflict. Come on, pieces. That's a 10, 11, because it's severity, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll take your so word for it. No, it's a, it's a crone move, so I'm assuming it's... it's well, uh, it's crone, there, there, you can be crone and cast a mercy. It depends on the spell. So there's a divination spell and a blessing and a curse. Okay, no, it's a uh, divination, so it's plus wisdom. It's Never wisdom. mind. So that makes yeah. that an eight. Okay. An eight. All right, so, uh, yeah, it's it, the spell reads as it does. So, you, you know, you essentially can... It's not reversing time as much as everything just goes back to where it belongs. Yeah. And um, and how, But how does that look? It's your magic. I don't want to describe it. Um, so basically, uh, I, I go into the, the tool shit on the side and you see Cabe collect a whole bunch of stuff like brooms and hammers and nails and stuff. And he just puts them all on this tarp and, uh, he, uh, basically then starts, pulls one, a corner of the tarp into a circle and then starts walking around. And as he starts walking around, all these tools and items sort of like animate and start marching towards the house, and you see parts sort of like come back, and it's sort of like uh, that that uh, uh, a sorcerer's apprentice, uh, apprentice Fantasia thing going on. You can almost hear the music going as it, as it goes on there. And Cave sort of sits down in front of the house and uh, with with like uh, a, a nice tea, and sort of sort of directs the work until it's done. Okay, uh, is Abigail going to do anything about Jocelyn in this moment? I mean, yeah, that's that's her next immediate objective. Um, mm-hmm. She's actually a little distracted from uh, trying to fix the place where she and most of her friends live. Um, uh, yeah, she's uh, gonna try and uh, just just sort of contact her. Um, I probably like I have more immediate spells I could do, but um, I think I just want to like see if I can put in a phone call, basically. Yeah, and basically, what's happened here is that she's lost her tether. Yeah. Um, it's not like she was in the phone, but she was. Right. That's where that was where bearings were. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So Jocelyn is lost as the conflict, and um, what are you doing to reach out to her? Um, 
I want to try protect. Mm-hmm. Like I can just I can sort of like just talk to spirits, right? Yeah. We've established that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I want to try protect because she's you know lost in a place where she could be really um, uh, hurt if she isn't like. Um, if she doesn't find her way back immediately. Um, so I want to just kind of like reach out to her and pull her back to this side to protect her. And then, you know, I guess open up a way for her to go over or rebind her to a new phone and get a new plan um, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's um, a, that's a mercy roll. Yeah. I still, I'm just rolling two, two dice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The wheel and roll only applies to magic. Okay, that's a that's a twelve. Okay, so, all right, great. Yeah. Well, I'll let you take it away then. Yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those things where like uh, I reach out a hand and it almost like uh, disappears into the middle of the air. Like there's a little sort of orange sparkling, uh, orange sparking portal type thing there, and I just sort of reach around um, and grab her hand, and I recognize it because she's wearing. Um, a, a bracelet I recognize as a, a, a gift I, I bought her that I, I put in her coffin at her funeral um, secretly because nobody knew who she really was. So I take her hand and pull her back through that portal and she actually like kind of collapses into me a little bit. Like she's like kind of inside of me, if that makes sense. Um, and that's a little weird but I've like I've done this like feel like I've done this before, you know. Um, but tell me if I haven't. That's you. It's your, you have narrative control, so if you have, yeah, then- yeah, I think yeah, I think I have. I think that I have done this before, and um, I'm not great at it. Like there are people in Hecate who are really good at like doing this sort of thing, but like I can manage it. I can manage what would normally be the um, immense psychological strain of having another spirit inhabit you. It's just sort of like. Um, climbing a really steep hill. Like you're constantly under exertion, but it's doable if you know what you're doing and you're in shape. And like Abigail knows what she's doing. She's in shape. So yeah, she's like sweating and straining a bit, but she's keeping it together. Okay. Well, I think you've uh, all fixed the minutes for now. So why don't we take a breath, move into meeting, you can just digest, figure out what you're going to do next, figure out what you need to do next, and what you need in order to be successful. Uh, before we move into that, can can we establish that Albert checks his room, and in the damage, uh, all of his webs are on the floor and tangled. Oh, so he was in that wing? Well, the room. Yeah. Like Albert's room was... Yeah, yeah, you can. We can do cool. that as the meeting. You have narrative control. And yeah. You can make that. So, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll we'll do it in in the meeting. Yeah. Right, so it's probably six thirty in the morning. Albert's gone upstairs to check his room. What now? I start a pot of coffee. <laughs> and you know, Cave is really kind of like a jovial, kind of upbeat, kind of dude. And you can tell that he is very broken up right now and feels uh, extreme onus over this. 
yeah, I think I'm I'm inside uh, second. I'm like I'm sorry I couldn't rewind time. I just had to deal with, uh, you know, there was a situation, um, and then I like I like sort of like almost like another voice comes out of me and it's uh, it says I'm so cold I'm so cold I'm so cold you know, and then I like regain control and I'm like I'm working on it. It's fine. I'm sorry I couldn't rewind time. No need for you to apologize. It was my problem to fix. Do we have like um like a pitcher of water or something? I got to get this thing out of me. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I basically uh, I clear clean out a pitcher and I fill it with fresh water. Um, I I uh, I. I have a silver bowl, like one of those popcorn bowls, you know? I have a silver bowl that I keep uh, uh, underneath the sink, and I pour the pitcher into it and do, like, a little ritual and then extract this being from myself and put her in the water. Okay, she'll stay there for a little while, uh, and then we'll figure something out. Um, I should let her go, but I can't. Anyway, she'll be happy in there like a goldfish. Why can't you let her go? I mean, I failed her. Um, that's the whole reason I'm here. I was trying to get her back, and it turned out I was really good at it. And she shouldn't be dead. I should be dead. So, anyway, uh, yeah, she'll be happy in there. It's it's fine. Spirits are great in the in the silver bowl. So, I'm uh, sorry, did you hear all the words that you just said? It's fine? You're fine? You're not... Uh, that's a huge bomb to drop. I, I deal with ghosts, you know this. I talk to spirits, I deal with ghosts. And I had a friend who I tried to resurrect, and it brought me here. And, there's a difference uh, between communicating with the dead and binding them with the living. Well... I'm not doing it all the time. I just bind them with myself sometimes, and then I put them in the bowl, and then I put them in my phone, and it's fine. I just got to get a new phone. That you all, you all seem really concerned. You're, you, you, you seem to be sidestepping the obvious moral implications of this, that, that she is dead. That is one of the only things that that is constant in the universe, life and death, that's, it's, wh- why are you not letting them rest? Okay, so ghosts, as you know, um, have unfinished business, and Jocelyn has a bunch of unfinished business. We gotta find the people who killed her, and we've gotta find, we've gotta, like, her sister never knew who she was, so we gotta do that. And um, there's some other things on the list, and we're just going to take care of that. Uh, I help them. I help them figure their shit out, and then I let them go. And she's got a lot of shit. Mm. Oh, I see. That's that's all right, I guess. But maybe we can help you with that and expedite that process. Hey, you don't have to do this alone, Bruce Willis. Uh, no, yeah, Um she was just my best friend and I was the only person who ever knew who she was. And, um, that's hard. That's hard to have that, 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 that secret and hold it. 
you know, for someone who's dead. And I, yeah, I, I still don't know what happened to her. She disappeared. And one day I just saw this ghost and that was that. So. I didn't mean to leave Albert out of this. You can have been there for this if you like. Yeah. Albert is, um, he's been extremely silent. Um, but if anyone looks at him for a while, you'll notice that he seems to be shifting from looking very old to looking quite young in comparison, and he's sweating a lot. But hes it's kind of like he's just been holding it in. Um, but he's been here? Like, he's been in the room. And can we all agree that Nobody here is doing fine right now. Can we all at least be upfront about that with each other? I will agree with that. I am not well. I'm sure shit not doing well. And, you know, Abigail, you're dealing with what you've got going on. Albert, I'm not really sure. Because you don't talk to us about what's going on with you half the time. But nobody here is doing well. And we should be working together to do better, to be better. Oh, uh, hey, Albert, uh, you weren't here before. There's a ghost in that bowl. Who's so Albert? Don't. You're Albert. Yeah. Albert? Are you not Albert? I'm Albert. I'm Albert. I'm. I'm Albert. Uh, I'm Albert. Mel's we're not doing fine hypothesis is really starting to make sense to me. I apologize. I seem to be remembering everything all at once. Uh, is everyone safe? Is everyone here? Everyone's safe and everyone's here, but no one is doing well. And how... We have the seven coming. They're going to come here. They're already unhappy with us, and we're a mess. We're just a mess right now. What are we going to do when all of these other witches show up? We can't be like this and and deal with what's coming. We've got to start working with each other and trusting each other with the bullshit of our lives. Okay. Um, yeah, so none of you know this, but uh, I was born the son of uh, Pastor Hawks at Harvest Hill Church. That's who I am. He just found out I'm trans. He seems okay with it. I told my fiance. She broke up with me. My fiance is the little sister of my dead friend, Jocelyn, who's the first trans woman I ever met. That's all my stuff. So, uh, yeah, now you know. It's a start, and I'm sorry that you're going through all of that. That's crazy, and we're all working so hard to go through stuff alone right now, and I've been doing the same thing as everybody else, and it's not working. What's your thing, though? The one person that I had that was a mother to me, I turned into a monster, and she hates me for it. And there's nothing I can do about it. That's really bad. I'm so sorry. 
Ja. And every day I'm worried that I'm going to create another monster. Well, it's like you said, if we all know each other's stuff, we can help. So maybe we can make sure you don't do that again. And maybe we can help you figure out what went wrong the first time. Because I think that if you don't figure that out for yourself, the next monster you're going to make is you. That's what I've been worried about. And as for you, and she looks at Albert, and she goes and um, goes out real quick to like the reception area, and she comes back with a stack of stickers, the hello, my name is, and she writes down Albert on one of them and goes over and just sticks on his chest, and you are Albert. Yes, and you're Mel. And this is a safe place. I remember you. I I remember why I remember you. And he begins to tear up and starts to shift less. And he kind of conforms to a kind of an, you know, between 50 and 60 uh, age range, (laughs) but still shaken. Um, but he pats the the name tag, and that seems to comfort me down, grounds me. Okay. Uh, Cave, do you got any like decades old secrets you want to share? Other than the fact that my entire family seem is tied to this hearth. We've been here since the beginning. And there are... I've done terrible things to protect this place. Things that people don't know about I've taken advantage of certain positions in my power to make to ensure that this place continues I've done shameful things and consorted with things that I should not have and um, I am burdened by an inter- a terrible woe that all of my decision making when it's come to the welfare of the people that I love and the place that I love so dearly has been flawed and come from pride and anger. And I think that that pride and anger has bubbled up and has shaken my security in myself and shaken my faith in my ability to have the form of fidelity that I need with you all. I've worked very hard to try to assure all of you that I'm here for you and that I love you and that that you are in a safe place because I have tried to make this place safe. And all of those truths that have been the firmament beneath me have been slowly shaken away. And I think it's finally time for me to really recognize the fact that 
I am not the center of the circle. I am not responsible for all these things, and I need to share that burden with all of you. For if I don't, I'm afraid that I will make decisions that I will regret forever, and they will weigh down my soul until the day I die. Well, we have a whole new wall. We've had more openness in the past five minutes than it seems like we've had in a long time. It seems like maybe we should look at doing some kind of ritual to bless this space in whatever way we need to. And remember that this is our home and we're all a family here. Because if I've learned anything over the the past weeks is that this this is my family now. If you all help me, I know what I can do. Uh, I put my hands, my, one hand on yours, and I go, you always, always will have my help. So... People have spirits, but places have spirits too. It's kind of like a collection of everybody who's ever been there, the good memories and the bad memories and all the things, and they come together and they make a place what it is. And the hearth doesn't always have that. Sometimes it's not here. And I think I can do a spell to bring its spirit back and to make it whole again. But it's going to be a lot because it's like a whole building. So I need all of your help to make that work. If you're into that. I think it would be good for us to do something as a coven. So, yes. There is an option to move this into a mission and roll for it, but I think I'd like to keep it in the meeting and allow you just a narrative control to make it do what you want it to do. Um, yeah, so it's a process of like blessing every room in the house with sage, just sort of wiping down doorways and shaking it out around. Um, and then I walk through like almost opening up like like almost opening up the air like venetian blinds so that like the veil can sort of poke through and it's like little pieces of this house that went missing float back in and kind of like re-sink into the walls and into the floors um and it's almost like the building breathes a sigh of relief like it's been leaking this energy all along um and it's a lot, and it, it takes a lot out of me, but because I have the support of my friends, I'm, I'm able to do it. Does it fix Albert's web? Uh, it does not. Hmm. We can get into that later. <laughs> yeah, that's your business. I'm not going to touch that. 
when the when the blessing is done, um, I think Raven comes back down and is looking much better and happier. Also, the coffee machine now works. <laughs> so is there anything else you need to do in the meeting to prepare for what's next and what's next? And I, 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 I also think that part of the ritual would be uh, for each one of us to collect an item in this house that we are personally tied to, but resides in the house. Um, and the, the it should be like an item of great worth to one another. But the requirement is is that we exchange them. So basically what we do is we share a piece of ourselves with the other person in the house. Um, and as long as those items re re remain in the house, our spirits reside here too, almost bonded to it. So mine is actually um, a rag doll. Uh, and he explains this is his favorite toy when he was a child and his father kept taking it from him but he kept finding it again and it's something that he sort of hidden away uh, all his life but it's extremely valuable thing to him because it ties him back to his youth um, and ties him back to his own struggles uh, with becoming who he is versus who he was told he needed to be uh, and he passes that on uh to uh, um, Abigail. Abigail takes it and sort of clutches it to herself and feels like how, can feel how um, important this is to Cave's childhood self because sometimes she can feel the spirits of a person who's alive stretching into the past and into the um, and then she goes up to where she usually stays and um, pulls out like kind of a, 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 a watercolor painting and um, brings it downstairs and uh, hands it to Mel and says, this was my friend Jocelyn painted this painting of us the way she and um, it was the only time I'd ever seen myself until I came here and it shouldn't just be for me. Somebody else should get to appreciate it too. So I trust you and I love you. And I think you would probably treat it really well. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, I have something too. And it's important to me but also just I feel that things have changed with what is important and what the meaning of family is um, and she pulls out this very small wooden box and it has a lock of hair in it and this is all that I have from my mother my real mother uh, and I feel like 
if anybody understands the, the meaning of family and memories, that Albert, maybe you should hold on to this for a while. Albert immediately is crying. Um, he walks over to you slowly and very unsuredly holds his hands open, trembling. And when that you know, locket of hair hits his hand, he breathes it in and he opens his eyes and he says directly to you, I remember you. I always do. I always will. You're not a fool. You never were. I just wish one day you see me as I see you. The way I already remember you. I'd like that too. Give it time. I remember everything. The webs were a way for me to keep things separated, to make sure that I don't become the person my mother wanted me to be, needed me to be, a weapon, an agent of sweeping, devastating change. That was her passion, and it still is. In refusing to be that, I had to destroy myself to be something else. And it's been useful to not remember. It's been useful to live a different timeline, borrow someone else's name and someone else's life, just so I wouldn't have to be a monster. I'm ready to stop hiding. I'm ready to speak with my mother again. Because I know you know me. All of you. And this is what I give to you. These strands have been the strands that I've used to tether me to being Albert to all of you, each and every one of you. I'm, I'm giving each of you the strand that you've represented in my web. I don't want it anymore. I don't need it anymore. You can continue to call me Albert, but I, I remember who I am. I and I love you all. I go to embrace him. And I go, each one of us has been struggling with the idea of who we think we are versus the truth of who we are. All of us in our own way. And I think that that's what's been holding us back this entire time. We need to accept each other and we need to accept ourselves. And the second part is the most difficult But these strings were tying you to several pasts, but really all they were doing is binding your hands. 
and not allowing you the room to grow into the person that you really need to be. And the lessons of this entire misadventure has been, if there's anything worth dying for, it's making sure that we have the one true freedom that the universe gives us, and that's choice. I choose to be I choose to be bound to you for all of you make me a better person. For once I have no feeling of wanting to criticize you or find a way to make what you said wrong. Well, then let us peer into what seems to be simple truth and there's no words that ring more true than I love you and those words have been said tonight many a time with sincerity and I feel the the power of that love welling within me and with that power I am certain I can face anything so mote it be so mote it be can we agree not to deal with any. <laughs> I, I will agree, I will agree to the fact that uh, dealing with outside forces is uh, difficult and should be avoided. But I did not see a more direct route to knowing what we needed to know. It seems they did us a favor in tearing down our walls. We also lost our emotional barriers and came closer. No hay mal que por bien no venga, which is an old Spanish term that means there is no bad thing that happens that does not happen for good reasons. Wait, you speak Spanish? Si. I did not know that. Raven, don't think we've forgotten about you and all of this bonding and sharing. You've caught her, like, mid-bite of a Pop-Tart. No, no, this is good. They're all very kind. You wish to join us? Oh, you want me to say something? Hmm. Well, I, I explained the ritual that we're doing and why we're doing it. And I go, is there something that you would like to exchange? I know you don't have much. It can be anything but like a story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a physical thing. Well, uh, I don't. I don't have much. I, I. I think that the hearth is gift enough. I. I don't know what everybody wants from me out there, but I know who I am in here. Here, I'm just a girl that gets deep Pop-Tarts. And I have people that care for me and protect me. That's enough. I think all of us here are want to fight to make sure that you get to decide what you want to be. Not anybody out there, not us, but you. Well, I think I've learned something, having med in me. 
using my as as her voice. It, it this isn't because I'm anything but a descendant of of the ancients. That's all. It's just my blood. I, I my family are the same way. The only difference is that I I happen to know magic, and she needs to communicate, and so I'm her vessel. And that's that's fine. We can't stop her because she is coming because of what we do. All we have to do is fix it, and she doesn't have to come. Then we have once, an Armageddon to stop. Once again, genius. That's exactly that's exactly right. We know what we have to do now. We have to find the witch that is trying to summon the the battle crow. That is our number one priority. Once we've discovered them and stopped them from doing so, most things should settle, and hopefully we can deal with them. But hopefully we can get that done before the solstice, because I believe that if we do not, there isn't going to be anything that we're going to be able to do. My mother attempted something on this scale once before. If it's her, I'm prepared. Is there any way you know that we might be able to find her? For the last several decades, it's been my focus to avoid her detection. We didn't part on the best of terms and she is last I heard still ahead of her storm coven but I believe I believe I can find her if I go into the veil do you need help yes and I will help you my friend there's one thing I know it's well, I don't actually know this, but like I'm good at it. It's finding stuff that's hidden back there. Gail, on the other side, if we encounter something that resembles my soul, I ask that you leave it and not bring it back to me. I mean, I could help put it to rest. As long as it doesn't come back here. Oh. Wait. We could have a guide. I happen to have a friend I'm keeping in a bowl. I'm sorry about laughing at that. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, Jocelyn deserves to rest. And... Yeah, I think that she could show the way. She'll know the terrain there better than we will. The dead always do. And what can we do for Jocelyn? She just wants someone else to know who she was. And I think... If you get me a phone, maybe she can talk to her sister. And then... Maybe that will be enough. I give you my phone. Cool. Albert 
took out his phone, looked at it, and decided this. Yeah, that's just take his phone. It's this one. There's no. It's not a smartphone. I mean, I was keeping her in a Nokia flip phone all this time, so it would have been fine. But the yeah, indignity is they're they're made to last and they're sturdy, and I don't see why people keep needing to upgrade. And I've had this for the last twenty years, and it, and it doesn't hold as much of a charge, and you have to. And it takes a long time to, but it's it's yours if you would like it. I think something lower tech might actually be better for these purposes, honestly. Yeah. The higher tech the thing gets, the more the dead don't like it. Like ideal is like a landline, but nobody has a landline anymore. So your flip phone will work great, Albert. It's yours. Thank you. Don't try to look at pictures if you're also on a call. I promised you I won't. I also won't text while I drive. Yes. Yes. Mm, I don't know sure if that's completely honest. Okay, so what's the what's the plan? Um this is what I believe the plan to be. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna take the phone to Megan, Jocelyn's sister, and let them talk one last time, whether via text or call. And then Jocelyn's going to show us. I'm going to open a path. One of us is going to open a path to the veil, and Jocelyn will show us the way to go. Okay. Um, I think let's do this as a montage. The um, preparation of going into the veil, which can include Megan and Jocelyn's conversation, because I think that Emily, you need narrative control entirely over that, and as need you need to like act two roles necessarily. But if you just kind of want to explain what goes down, how it's received, if it resolved it, I'm going to leave that all up to you. Um, and and so that'll that you can do that with your montage, and then uh, the others, you know, what are you doing to prepare? Because you're gonna you're basically going to go on a mission into the Vale, um, which is largely uncharted territory. Now the Hecate can sense and feel the Vale and even see through it, but they're not really equipped to be going to the afterlife. That's their guides. They're not like you know like Hag can just go. They need to. So this is going to be a really difficult journey, and um, especially if you're going to somebody who is extraordinarily powerful and probably dangerous. So if you want to use the montage chapter structure to narrate how you're preparing for this, and then, uh, Emily, you can help us resolve this, or not, uh, this, this situation with Jocelyn. That sound good? Sounds great to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So unlike other games, you guys, uh, the players get to tell me what's happening uh, instead of mandating plot. We'll just go with this. So do you want to start, Emily, and just take it away? We'll go from there. Oh, your, your audio is cut out. Nope. Uh-oh. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll let her work on the audio. In the meantime, why don't we just uh, start with the others, and uh, who wants to go first? Mac? Sure. Um, 
I think that Mel goes and kind of sneaks the credit card that's kept away for, like, extra emergencies and stuff and orders everybody an actual real breakfast because it seems like that's necessary to the day. Um, And then she spends her time just sort of trying to wind herself up and get herself ready for... uh, going into the veil and you know she's very nervous about it and is trying to play with madam and calm down and and get her head in the game okay that sound problem fixed oh i'm afraid not let me make sure there's nothing going on on my end Oh, that says you're on mute. Yeah, I just see her muted. There. No. Um, uh, there you are. Oh, yeah, there you're God. back. My microphone Oops. just nuts sometimes. Uh, get a better cord for it. Um, but yeah, I should be back. All right, cool. Did you want to take your scene, your montage? Sure. Um, so it's like what, like seven thirty in the morning? Yeah. Um. So last night, uh, uh. Abigail told Megan what had been a secret from Megan and they stayed up super late and eventually Megan said she didn't want to see Abigail anymore, which Abigail interpreted as a breakup, but Megan did not. Megan just needed time. Um, So Abigail drives over and grabs Megan's favorite donuts from the kind of crappy convenience store that has like its own donuts that, that it makes. And, um, uh, she goes to the, the, the apartment and knocks and Megan isn't entirely happy to see her, but she says, brought donuts. I'm letting you see me. This is me. Um, and I've got somebody for you to talk to. And she hands over the flip phone. Uh, and um, I think it starts to ring and uh, I nod for her to answer it. Um, and she answers the call. She says, you know, hello, who is this? And then her face goes, her face goes white and then tears start to come to her eyes. And she just, she just stands there and says, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, Yes, yes. Okay. I love you too. And I know these phone calls can't last very long. So she brings the phone down and she's um, shivering and her breath is quavering. She hangs up and she hands me the phone and says, I say, I have to go. I have a thing I got to do. She says, thank you for this. And we hug. And then I go get back in my car and uh, I'm not going to ever know what they said. It's not for me to know. It's for them. Um, Cabe is in like a pair of sweats, no shirt. 
and he is uh, in a lotus position, and you see him just sort of meditating, and there's some incense burning. Um, and he sort of gets up, and you can s- and you can see that he's doing something very similar to Tai Chi, but the form is somewhat different. But uh, as he's doing it, uh, and it's from the, the audience perspective, and he's swinging around, but as he's moving his arms, then it starts looking like he has two pairs, three pairs, four pairs of arms. And his skin starts sort of turning into a deeper blue. And his form becomes somewhat androgynous. And he just sort of does this really kind of complex and fluid movements. um, And it almost is a dance. And then at the end of that, you see sort of like that kind of Bruce Lee, sort of all the arms sort of swinging and then just forming back into two sets of arms. And then his hands uh, coming in front of him uh, uh, pressed together. Like, and uh, you, you see, and you, and you see sort of like the, the entire room sort of pulse a little bit and you see that um, the energy of the veil is sort of seeping through for an instance as there's a glow behind him. Uh, and he then goes back into a meditative state as he is centering himself for what is to come. Albert says, he'll go by Albert for now. Um, he's sweeping up the threads and the mess. Um, he's no longer stringing them back up. And as he sweeps piles of these threads, um, he's remembering and he's remembering everything. And he realizes that for the last several decades, he's just been surfing these webs of, you know, past and future and what could have happened, what should have happened, what didn't happen. Always trying to make the best choice, always afraid of becoming the very thing he didn't want to be. And he lands on a specific memory. He lands on the moment he chose to defy his mother and remembers everything. Everything's crystal clear without holding back, without making an effort to protect himself from the memories. Everything's just locking in. And he sees what would have happened if he didn't stop her. The lives that would have been cut short all the threads and the strands that those lives represented in his room that he forced himself to remember, all those lives that would have been forfeited if he didn't stop her. And in this clarity, he also, for a moment, glimpses the life he could have had if he didn't stop her, if he just allowed himself to be what his mother wanted. He saw the family that he would have had, a family of witches, a world that was safe, for witches, but at the expense of all other life. And it was not a life he was willing to be a part of. And it was worth it to let go of the family he had, to have the family he has now. And that's what he carries with them. Um, that becomes his new anchor, going into the veil, finally being able to face his mother and say exactly, remembering again exactly why he did what he did. 
and why he would do it all over again. Okay, we will move into a mission. Um, you will need to know what your aspects are. The, uh, I'm going to put a conflict on the table that you know, getting to, you know, <laughs> going into the veil because you're technically not the type of witches that do this very often, if at all. So that's going to be a conflict. Uh, so uh, what what do you do? You are uh, getting ready to go. You have prepared. You um, have all gotten together into a single place in order to cross over. What does that look like? Mm, we've I'm not sure. We, we've done this before. We've slipped into the veil. So um, I think I do something similar which was in the last time we, we used the spell to open a gateway for the dead mm -hmm. uh, to create a gateway for ourselves, um, which had pulled from natural elements. Then it was dying leaves, but now maybe it's snow and it creates a, a, a gap in the air. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I opened my phone and it kind of glows and uh, a, a girl of about 19 steps out and sees the 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 gate and uh we follow okay uh so that is a um i forget what the, that i think that must be a, a wisdom it's a divination spell right mm -hmm. yeah so and uh is it in your aspect yes uh i am in maiden right now because i'm having a i'm feeling very merciful okay yeah great so that uh in a mission that means you get wheel mm -hmm. rolling against going into the veil Okay. I've already done this, so I feel like I'm... Let's see here, though. High stakes here, Phil. You don't know. Uh, yeah, I got a nine. Okay. So the, the transition of the veil is actually pretty seamless. The challenge is, though, that you, um... I mean, don't really have a way out. Mm. Which happened last time too, but it's uh, you know the veil is, I, I think as a Hecate witch you would notice, uh, and maybe the rest of you might know this too, but the veil in general isn't really uh, about distance, but about proximity to people, and their souls and spirits. So you move by, you know, thinking of the person you want to find. And that's sort of how it works. Um, so you kind of enter the veil just sort of like in the upside down and stranger things where it's sort of like a warped version of the hearth. Um, there's sort of a dim hue. There's dust particles everywhere that kind of might be uh, glowing, might not. And they're probably spirits of some sort, if not human spirits, something. Um, and the temperature is very cold. It's not like the winter cold that you were having outside is more like the deep bone cold um of of of, of loss and vacancy uh so th this is the threshold of the veil and the veil is actually refers to the line that separates the material world from everything else so there are different things back here but right now you're really just like in the crossover part um so what does your what does your veil form look like 
Um, my veil form changes depending on what aspect I'm in. I am currently in mother, which is my Brahma aspect. Uh, so I, I look it, I look like myself, but I have like the four heads that sort of like spin around to face the right thing, and I and um, and I'm basically look like Brahma, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, when I'm in Crone, I, I look like Shiva, and when I'm in Maiden, I look like Vishnu. Perfect. Awesome. What about the others? You might not have a form separate than yourself. I was going to say Abigail looks like herself, but that's a loaded term when it comes to her. I think Mel has taken on sort of the aspects of like vampirism because that's just like sort of the shadow side of herself. So she's a little more gaunt. She's actually got like fangs in her mouth and she just is completely void of of any pallor. Albert uh has the appearance of a, a very young man, um, barely, you know, 15, 16. Um, but he's dim. It's almost as if he's translucent. It's like somebody put him into Photoshop and set the transparency to 50. Um, there's like this wispiness, like only only half of him is here. But it's it's him. And you, you all know that it's Albert, even though he looks like a teenager right now. Jocelyn looks vibrant, full of life, happy. And she's just um, excited to see Abigail. Um, uh, and she's also excited to move on. She's looking past Abigail and can see where she needs to go. Uh, yeah, hey, pal. Um Sorry for the cell phone thing. Um, but I'm glad you got to talk to your sister. So, I feel like a feather. Cool. I see where I need to go. Okay. Can you maybe take us to the lady I told you about? I can show her here. Okay. You go where you need to go. I love you. I love you. Okay. She hugs you and then sort of skips off. Not skip, skip, but like, you know, there's she, her steps are light. Mm-hmm. And fades in distance, sort of like disappears. And there's sort of this kind of uncomfortable silence and, you know, no air, no breeze. No temperature except for that deep coldness. And Jocelyn's now returning, but with somebody else. And the somebody is uh, dressed in a, a white suit. She has a fedora on. Really nicely put together tie. She's carrying a trumpet case. And she's striding with Jocelyn. And she walks up, sort of an androgynous, but clearly woman. Um, and, and 
she smiles broadly at Albert and then smiles at Jocelyn and says, thank you, dear. And then uh, Jocelyn hugs Abigail again. Goodbye. Goodbye. Best of luck. I don't actually know what's beyond, but you're going to be fine. I do. And then she goes. Well, you could have told me. Well, Salem, Indiana. I never would have guessed in 500,000 years that this is where you are. She's talking to Albert. I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop, (laughs) knowing that I can never really hide from you, Mother. And why would you hide from me? Who are your friends? These are my sisters. This is my family. You've moved on. What remains of me? I should have thought that you were in Salem because of what is coming. I've always been in Salem because I've been afraid of what's been coming. I knew that you couldn't resist. I knew that you wouldn't. I knew that you would never stop And so I've come here to ask you directly, do you intend to try again what you tried to do before you killed me? No. I intend to succeed. (laughs) I've spent so much of what remains of my life Rebuilding myself. Literally, from nothing. I've spent so much of my life trying to not be what you wanted me to be. And you know what? I'm finally realizing this is exactly what I was always meant to be. A weapon. A tool for change. Sweeping, powerful, unstoppable. I like it. I want to be that. We have a only chance. This time I, we have a chance. Only this time I have to use it against you, and this time I can't pull back. And this time neither of us will survive. If that's what it has to be. So there's no talking you into it. And there's no talking you out of it. Maybe I'll just keep you here. Albert turns to the others. Go. (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah. That's, this is what we're here to do. We got your back. She begins to entorting a bit, and it's like another limb is coming out of her body, and then another, and you realize that she's kind of turning into this massive spider, and the skin is shedding around her, and she is growing beyond uh, beyond your, your capacity to really understand, because this isn't the real world anymore. 
uh, and really bearing the the teeth and the horror of it. Cool. Um, in terms of narrative control, where am I on the scale right now? You uh, well, this we is are... uh, this is a mission. So okay. what this means is this is the the chapter where you guys are at an advantage because you are the badass. You're the badasses. Okay. Okay, not so, a, okay. Cool. So yeah, not a menace. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so she's flexing. So Albert is going to walk right up to this giant spider, and he's going to say, Mother, I'd like to show you what the young people now call stunting. And he simply closes his eyes, and everything falls dark, and strands of web start to spin out from everywhere, and they start to form this geometrical pattern where it looks like everything is just part of this web. It's connecting to everything. And every web has its own set of webs. And every web is a universe. And in every universe, there are equally big, scary spiders. And all of them are looking back at Albert's mother. What's, what spell are you cast? Sounds like a divination. Um... Basically, I want her to know that there's nothing she can throw at me that I haven't already prepared for and lived for. So it's more like a, like an intimidate. Oh, okay. Like so I've not... already. It's like the, um, like the Doctor Strange move where he's already looked at every possibility and like, this doesn't scare me. Okay. Uh, yeah. That then uh, since we're in the veil, uh, this is mm. uh, the same as talking in a way. You're decided presenting right. something. Okay. Right. So um, why don't you just do a um, um, make a stand? Yes. I was about to say bury your teeth in ambitions again, but that is happiest apocalypse on earth. That's the wrong <laughs> game. Uh, yeah, but that's the one. <laughs> and <Okay>. you're, you're <laughs> confronting uh, Albert's mom. Yes, my mother. Yeah, quit writing awesome games that you confuse yourself with. <laughs> okay, I need this to go well. I'm going to be with Witch for a while. Here we go. Here we go. Ooh, I got a 10 altogether. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to do this. And you have narrative control, but I'm keeping her on the table. Yes. So while you can control, uh, you can't control her, but you can control what right. happens. So I'm presenting this as if to communicate with her, like, you know, I haven't just been asleep the past few decades. You know, why I went so crazy was I looked into every possible timeline to prevent you. The best you're going to be able to do is a stalemate. And I'm going to leave you with that. And that's the impression I, I, le I leave on the table. Uh, by the way, you get a charm for that. And somebody also got a high... I forgot to get out the awards. If you get a 10 plus on a spell, you get experience in that aspect. And if you get a plus on a move, you get a charm. I'm bad yeah. about that. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, but the uh, the end result is that she isn't going to pursue this further in this way. Okay. So, um, she is now the uh, the white suited woman again, and she's smiling. Don't you miss the music back home? There's this, there's this club that we've been going to. It's it's the old stuff. It's the stuff that came from New Orleans back in the 30s. That hit the Midwest at the Great Migration. And it's unbelievable, the power of the music. Don't you miss that? 
every day. Won't you miss it? Once you've destroyed everything and it's gone? All the beautiful things that these mortals create? All the wonderful works that make the world a better place? Do you wish place. to limit the do you wish to limit the universe so much that you only want one perspective? At what cost? Don't you remember what the Great Migration was? There are costs for everything, and, and basically every time he says something new, a new head turns around and says it. Okay, what's your motivation here? Uh, my motivation is to convince her that ending all things is is a way of closing out options. So you're making a stand as well. I am making a stand uh, as well. There is no good conflict on play for this. So, do you want to spend a charm, or do you want me to escalate? Uh, I was... I don't know if that was really... I was just trying to RP in the support of Albert, but... Uh, oh, no, we're taking it. There's a mission. Okay, sure, not a problem. Then let's escalate. All right. So you get a charm. Um, okay, she... Uh, the, the conflict that we're escalating is that uh, uh, Albert's mom is... Trapping you in the veil right now. So she's buying time because what she's doing is she's she's whipping up some magic so that you cannot leave the veil. That's what you're confronting here. Okay. Um, so that's so wisdom. It always is. <laughs> if I would have known how important wisdom was, I would have made this character a whole lot different. <laughs> be the nature of the game we're playing. Okay. That would be a five. Okay. Thanks. Well, I'm a minus two on wisdom. Oh. <laughs> okay, so that conflicts don't play. Um, she, she takes your feedback. <laughs> I don't think... Uh, there's anything that can erase more than 6,000 years of human atrocity. It isn't about witches inheriting the earth and annihilating humanity. It's about stopping a disease from destroying all that lives. And yes, I will miss this club and the music. But I will enjoy the new world much better. I'm going to um, lean... Oh, go ahead. No, you please go. Oh, Mel's going to lean in towards Albert. Permission to destroy your mother. Albert's going to give you a, a slight knowing nod, but uh, as if to indicate to you, like, yes, but let's wait a little bit. Um, Albert walks up to his mother. Uh, Come. I didn't want to pull this yet. Um, if we don't return safely, all of us, Lola will know. And so will the sisters. And if there's one thing I know, not even you can stand to the seven. Uh, what move is that? I am 
enforcing my will, I yeah, believe. That that's what that that sounds right. Let's go with that. Um yeah. the conflict is still in play that she is trying to trap you here. Mm. Hope it doesn't work. I really want to see what Mel's going to do. Okay. <laughs> I got an idea too. So. <laughs> I got a 10. Okay. So that conflict, uh, is, well, we'll resolve it because that was just uh, a spell she was doing, basically. Uh, so you tell me what happens. Does she drop the spell consciously or does the. Uh, I want her to have flinched. I want her to have the impression of like. Shit, Albert's Albert's like three steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Like he really does see the like the lines and the veils. He really did see everything ahead of me. So I want her to have that moment of realizing she can't outthink this time. She so can't outposition this. Time. Her knowing smirk just fades. Right. And maybe you see the true demeanor. And if, since if this is obviously her veil form, can you describe mm. what she actually looks like? She is a very very old woman, very frail. Um, you know, shaky, bent over, long white hair. Um, but she, you can tell that she puts this exterior up that she is the storm caller. She is the agent of change. She is the force that will make all the universe bend if necessary. But that has never been true. And what you see is the frailty, the desperation um, the years and years of guilt and anger and blame and hatred just embodied in this wizened old woman she at this point uh, is throwing out a curse she's lost all uh, mm. uh, what's the pretense and and she's just muttering a curse and you can all feel the veil shuddering and pulsating as something is about to happen can I do a magic about it? I think you were planning on it, yeah. Yeah, I was. There's a new conflict on the table. Mom is lashing out. <laughs> she's uh, not mad. She's just disappointed. <laughs> so, let's see. That's a severity roll. I'm in crone, uh-huh. and I'm casting a crone power. Do I get... Um, An emission, you get wheel. Okay. Depends uh, on if it's so. a curse, a divination, or a blessing. If you look at the side, that'll tell you. Yeah, the uh, severity. If so if you're casting a curse, then that means you get the plus one to severity. And yeah, since I'm casting you're, a curse. And since you're in crone, you also get an advantage. You get that wheel. So this will probably work. Yeah. Whatever it might be. So we'll see. Yeah, plus I have pluses to my severity in general. I, I know the spell you're casting. I can't wait. Uh, let's see. With my pluses, uh, I squeak by with seven. Okay. Uh, Damn, and- even with wheel, that's harsh. We're resolving that. So uh, describe to me what happens. (laughs) Um, At first, she just kind of standing there, you know, looking at us, you know, this malice on her face and gently puts a finger to just under her nose and pulls it away and sees that there's a droplet of blood coming out of her nose and Mel has stepped in front of everybody and is just muttering this spell under her breath, this just fervently, you know, and kind of the, her spells tend to take on sort of this um, oily resonance in the air around her. So it's like the air is kind of vibrating with sort of this oily um, palette to it. 
and slowly but surely you see just these little dots of red start appearing all over her face and all down her arms and anywhere that's exposed and you realize that these white garments that she's wearing are starting to soak through and slowly turning pink and darker and darker and darker as she begins to bleed from every possible orifice painfully and horribly she uh, is screaming not out of pain but out of anger and whips around quickly disappearing from the veil and Mel's just like doing that really deep you know breath trying to like bring her breathing back down and the resonance around her is starting to coalesce sort of back into her Albert runs right to Mel and just throws his arms around her and he says thank you for doing what I didn't have the courage to do we're in this together remember where did she go I think she's going to have an unpleasant day wherever it is He's too strong to be destroyed here, but it will take her some time to recover if my last encounter with her was any comparison. It took me a few decades to rebuild my body. Her, who knows. It's still uncertain whether this would actually stop the uh, Battle Crow's summoning. We might still have an Armageddon ahead of us, but... Uh, I think Albert's still tethered to her. He, she's, she's alive. She just got out so that she could heal herself. But for the first time, I can't see the future. I can't see the future. This is new. I can well, be whoever I want to be. Welcome to true freedom, my friend. I love you all. I don't say that enough because I, I'm afraid of saying it. As if I, I just hug you I did. and I go, you know, you're mighty pretty in the veil. As his heads are moving, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let Please. us go home. Listen, this seeing the future thing. Did you see anything like good for me, like? Was I up to anything good? Like, I realize you don't see the future anymore, but... Oh, I see your future. I just don't see mine. Oh. I remember what you become. What you're still becoming. Awesome. You're already there. Let's not spoil it. <laughs> oh, um, how are you going to get out of the veil? Good question. I make the veil bleed to death and we escape. <laughs> I guess I guess that's I guess that's me. Um, we we hold the intent of our hearth. And we see it as the tether that it is. Um I pitched the idea that in our sharing, in our bonding, in our releasing of our most vulnerable selves, we entangle ourselves to the hearth in a way that transcends time, space, dimension. 
Now, this is a magic that none of you know, but if you all do it, it's a coven spell, uh, which means you just need a majority to win uh, to <laughs> make it work. So, um, so good. you can do that. All right. What does that require? Uh, that's, I think that's a. Um, let's call it mercy, because of the nature of how you described it. Do we roll? It's going to be just bad roll, for me. Do we just roll two, or do we roll in? Uh, you just roll two. Just roll normal because okay. the I got an spell. eight. I'm sorry, nine because I got a plus one mercy. Uh, just so you know, mechanically, you would have to roll this at woe, but because it's a coven spell, you don't. You just roll it straight. Um, oh, nice. Normally, it would be at wheel, but this is the balance. I got an eight. eight. Okay, there was All there's right. eight. eight. Half a. <laughs> Out of five. All right. <laughs> so we need a type. I don't do well. With, I don't do well with mercy. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> What did you get, Albert? I got 11. Oh, okay. Well, that's all you Natural need. Natural 11. Yeah. Um, all right, so then as the coven, um, the, the average was um, a, a moderate success, so you don't really get any experience from that, even though you rolled an 11. But it works. Um, and so, I mean, you, you just visualize the, the energy that you've just put back into the hearth, and like strands it just kind of draws you out and before you know it you're standing in the kitchen uh as raven is pouring a cup of coffee hey ray hey raven why are there no pop tarts oh that um i think madam got in there and i ushered her out bad cat bad bad kitty Hey, now, don't go blaming it on Madam. Don't you dare. Yeah. You're, on, you're on mute, Jim. Blaming it on the cat, that ain't even right. That only works for farts, and you should know that. Anyways, you can go buy more pop heart. Albert cocks his head for a moment, and he says, Madam says you're lying. Oh, stop that. Where did you go, anyway? to have a very difficult talk with my mother. But I had my family with me. Okay. Um, why don't we move into a, a quick meeting? Because you just got done with the mission and you might need to digest some stuff. Well, do you think that maybe we would be able to infer from this experience that uh, she is responsible for trying to perform this ritual and therefore our only real viable suspect? Yes, that's... If you're asking... Uh, uh, no, I'm guy... asking the group. Oh, okay. I'm asking the group. <laughs> oh. I guess so. I, uh... We need to get through this next little jaunt with the uh, with the seven. That's what uh, I'm worried about now. I tried warning Lola many decades ago of what my mother was capable of, only to be ignored. 
Do you think she's on this plane or some other one? My mother? Yes. Oh, she's very much here. Most likely on her way to our town. Or so, in New Orleans in the, near that club that she mentioned. All good possibilities. All that I know is she won't let this opportunity slip by again. In the past, she needed my power, and I denied that to her. This time, she'll have the solstice and the eclipse more than enough for her to do what she wants to do. All of her actions point towards cowardice. She needs another vessel to be the form of destruction. She is incapable of doing it herself. No offense. Well, made her bleed in one plane of existence and make her bleed in another one. Oh, that reminds me. High five. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Leave um, a brother hanging? I, like, very, like, timidly, like, gives you a high five for that. You need to learn to be more enthusiastic. Be into yourself. Be your biggest fan. I just made somebody bleed from every possible orifice in their body. That's I don't know bad. if that's something I want to high five over. Well, I was just about to turn into a giant scorpion, so you know. Mel, I know that was something you were afraid of having to do. I hope you realize now that you're the one in control. You were never a fool. No, but I can still do a lot of damage, and I'm trying to make sure I'm pointing it in the right direction. Give it time. I already remember you. Okay. So, bottom line is, she needs to be stopped. So, we have the choice of either, either waiting for her to come to us, or trying to find her. We may have to attempt to get our point across to the Seven again. Perhaps this time they won't just dismiss me. Well, they were very active in trying to see if we needed help. At least that's what uh, their emissary said. So maybe we just need to go to them for help. I'm concerned about Lola. She was the one I went to to try to warn about my mother, and even before I spoke my first words, she already dismissed the entire idea as if she already knew what I was going to say. Perhaps we can entice Mab into speaking to them for us? You want to mess with the Fae again? Not necessarily. I'm just throwing out an idea. I'm not saying whether it's a good one or not. Or perhaps, and I don't like this idea, Lola is in cahoots. She gave me the... I didn't like her. I never liked her. I hope I'm wrong. She seemed like she probably makes great ginger snap. Like, she has that real vibe, you know? Yeah, kind of like that PTA vibe. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, she's probably evil. Totally. I don't know. It, it, do we want to involve the seven? Especially now that you may think that one of them might be compromised? Or do we want to resolve this on our own? Gabe, you and Albert seem like you might know the most uh, uh, people uh, in the seven. Do you have like people you know you trust there? No. Part of this place is being detached from a lot of things. It's There's a spirit, a sensation of obscurity here. It's what we enjoy. The world generally left alone. Wait. Lola said I should come visit New Orleans. What if I did that? I, I think that we should. It could be a very good way to get some answers one way or another. If she is somehow entrenched with my mother, we'll be in a good position to show and reveal her to the other sisters. If not, we might be able to win her as an ally. She invited me. Like, it was pointed. Is there a way we can bring the rest of you and keep you hidden in case something goes wrong? Hidden nearby. Or in case I figure something out. I think this is an undercover mission. If we're witches and we're going to select any place in the United States to hide, New Orleans would be the place. Great. I did miss the music. Is the, the etouffee. Etouffee. Is the food there really as good as they say? Yes. The mundane versions, yes. But our versions are otherworldly. You think the Olive Garden here has good breadsticks? Oh my god, they probably have a tour of Italy that actually brings you to Italy. That would be wonderful. Italy comes to you. <laughs> so, have we reached a consensus then? Should we load up in the car and start driving to New Orleans? We could fly, right? Like, we could take a plane. We could, yeah. Road trip. Let's drive. Let's do a road trip. Let's do a road trip. That sounds good. Dude, let's run. Let's run a Winnebago. Are we taking Raven though? Like, we can't just leave her by herself. Well, we should totally take Raven. If there's anybody that deserves to see New Orleans right now, it's her. Or is that too dangerous? If we think that maybe there's an attempt to use her by the Seven or Albert's mom, like we could leave her with Megan. I guess people like think she'll be far more vulnerable outside of our eyesight than in any other location. At the very least, we can monitor her. When I first had to flee the storm coven and evade my mother, uh, there were people I knew who helped me. There are other covens that may be sympathetic in New Orleans that we can lean upon. Okay. Don't say I didn't suggest something else. This goes south. Ultimately, it's Raven's choice. I do wonder if it wouldn't make sense to at least leave somebody here to hold down the fort. 
keep up appearances, all of that kind of stuff. Maybe we can leave Raven with the other house coven, the other um, hearth coven. We are in a state of detente. Joseph, I mean? Yeah. I'm not keen on that, but that would be Raven's choice. I think what we do is just ask her what she would like us to do and then go with that. You ask her, she immediately says she wants to go to New Orleans. Are there, any, are there any like retired witches or lay witches or whatever that we could like have hang out here while we're gone? Well, it's the meeting, so if you want there to be, there can be. There is one. No, I don't actually. I'm actually. I'm asking Cabe because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, there might be someone I know, um, but they would expect a fairly hefty price. They won't do it for free. Is it something we can pay? Or is it like the blood of a virgin goat? Let's just say these things sometimes tend to be open-ended, and the price is usually higher than what you anticipate. That doesn't sound promising. It sounds like a house guest. I think we should take her with us. That's my vote. I think I want to stay here. I think somebody needs to be here. Just in case. Mel, if you would like to go, I can also stay. I'm not exactly welcome. Honestly, I have had a few interactions now with people from the Seven, and uh, it's not gone well, so I'm thinking maybe I don't want to do that anymore. I, I'm just as happy to stay here. I hate separating us, but if that's what you want to do. I'm going. Perhaps the two of us remain. Yeah, I wouldn't want you to stay here by yourself either. We'll do that. Maybe you can help me buy a smartphone, and this way I can stay in communication with the others. Oh, no. I I go through these once a month. I just go into a drawer, pull out a box, throw on the phone. I think this version of me is prepared to be that wasteful. Once again, we need to go over the merits of instantly having a world full of knowledge in the palm of your hand and how incredibly... to the natural world and its order. About $40 a month and has no bearing on it since the technology that's used... Well, there's absolutely no form of technology that hasn't... When was the last time those telecom companies asked the birds what their opinion was about these radio waves at blast at all day and all night when was the last time anyone gave consideration to the effect of these fields on the natural magnetism of the world upon which by the way all nature depends and has been i'm getting riled up Uh, we're getting back to my two dads here you guys quit being a luddite seriously (laughs) i have known some very fine luddites in my time and i take umbrage to that 
Use it or don't. It's all up to you. Stop caring. As long as we continue to have these squabbles, I'll use whatever phone I need to. Would you like me to get a landline for the house? Because we can do that. We can add that to our Spectrum contract. It's not a big deal. Don't you have a New Orleans to go to? <laughs> yes. You know You know what? I think I'm going to buy air tickets on my phone here. <laughs> I'm sure Mel will be able to help me procure the smart device. You may be on your way now. Okay, can you use that phone of yours to plot a course using GPS? I sure can, because I am connected to the Global Positioning Satellite System. Yes, it's a miracle. Wonderful. You know, hummingbirds naturally find their way home without much assistance. If you were to but ask, they could give you far better directions. Not everybody can talk to a hummingbird, but anybody can afford a $30 phone contract. That's what I'm trying to say. Mel throws her arms up in the air and leaves the room. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. <laughs> All right so, uh, so two of you are staying, two of you are going. Are you going to fly to New Orleans this day? I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to get tickets for this evening if I possibly can. Yeah, it was the meeting. If you want them, you can have them. Yep, no problem. So, we're flying coach, so we're something comfortable. You also have like unfathomable wealth from that last time you had to get some. True. That's <laughs> true. We're flying first class. <laughs> Private jet. <laughs> no, that's too much. No, that's way too much of a carbon footprint, even for me. <laughs> okay, so you're basically going to take a trip down to New Orleans. Now, uh, just keep an eye on the calendar. Um, I, it's not quite December. I think we must be last week of November. When does Thanksgiving usually happen? Uh, we we passed Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving yeah. is... Um... Thanksgiving is always the fourth Thursday. In- fourth Thursday. Okay, so we're probably just about hit to hit December first if it's not December first already. Um, and the solstice. So you've got like a couple of weeks before everything kind of goes to hell. Yeah. Or everything goes wonderfully. Whatever. It'll go perfectly. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you're gonna you're choosing now to go to New Orleans. Okay. Cool. Got it. Um. Why don't it's we? It's a good time to split the party. Is what we're saying. <laughs> Well, that's the great thing about the system that the system doesn't care. The spotlight cares a little. Uh, all right, so why don't we move into um, a menace? I want to fast forward to the evening. So um, Abigail and Cabe are en route to New Orleans. Um, it's probably after dinner, so whatever you had for dinner. It's, it's night. Um, probably past bedtime depending on when you go to bed raven's already in bed and um let's say the uh let's say mel just happens to be down by the registry area (laughs) walking through (laughs) maybe on the way to get something from the kitchen yeah probably another cup of coffee (laughs) now that the coffee machine works albert uh probably got a, a new phone and is probably fidgeting with it um, yeah, he's been trying to set uh, his ringtone for the last seven hours. <laughs> God. There are too many options. There's more than three here. So as Mel, Mel is walking by uh, the reception, she sees her stepmother standing outside the window. And I, I picture the windows kind of around, around the doors. You know, you have this sheet of glass on either side of the doors. 
and she's just standing there in the snow, like right up to the window. She's not wearing a jacket. She doesn't really need to. Uh, and she is staring at you through the glass. I go over and I open up the door. M- m- Mom? Je- uh, Jennifer? She moves to you faster than your eyes can detect. What are you doing here? I'm going to stop this right now. And you find yourself uh, on the ground as she is tearing into you with her clawed fingers. Monstrous forms coming forward. She's lost all control. Obviously, Albert can (laughs) suddenly hear this going on. Um, But but before he can do mm -hmm. anything, what does Mel do? Uh, thinking. Adding a conflict, Mel is attacked onto the table. Show the you know, cloud. I think she is actually just in that moment, kind of just flailing around and just going, "Mom, Mom, no, please stop!" All right, so um. I think that is a uh, I want to say that's protect but it might be make a stand okay let's say it's make a stand that's wisdom uh, against the conflict Mel is attacked okay be eight okay uh, I, I think it's enough to jar her back to her senses and I, Mel is just sobbing, like all cut up, just sobbing on the floor. Mel. She's frozen. I, I, I think what's happening to her is that she, her, her senses are coming back and she's frozen with the, the rage is still there, but she's seeing you sob on the floor. So she's sort of paralyzed. You can tell she came there to kill you. Yeah, and, she, and Mel's just, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Albert stands between her and Vampire Mom. And uh, mm, I don't know that animal communication works on vampires the same way. Um, but I am in Crone. What I want to do is I'm doing a blessing, which is nothing of the natural world can harm the subject. We're dealing with a vampire, but I'm thinking like she can still be attacked, but nothing like nothing lethal can happen to Mel. Uh, we can do uh, change it from to supernatural, but that means it's okay. going to be in woe because you don't really know how I'm to do it. that. I'm doing it, and you're confronting um, Mel's foster mom. <laughs> a lot of mom problems to there. there. Uh, <laughs> episode. Sorry, moms. <laughs> <laughs> Special Mother's Day episode of (laughs) Um, This is at woe, yeah? So two sixes and a four, so that's ten. Okay. Alright, so the the spell works in ten, you mean to get an experience point and crown. And you can tell me how this affects her. Okay. Um, 
all of Albert's magic tends to be very subtle, so it is internally Albert imagining a golden cocoon being wrapped around Mel. Um, and thousands and thousands and thousands of spiders from across universes and galaxies and dimensions all pitching in to wrap this protective cocoon around her. Um, but Mel will feel that, like, oh, okay. Like, she she can do whatever she wants, but nothing can actually hurt me. So, like, you have the option of just letting her rail against you for a bit, if that's what you want to do. But, like, you know nothing can harm you. The moment you do that, um, Jennifer, it, it's it's a emotion that's it, you can't predict it, and it happens so fast and so strong you don't even visually see it. But she hits you, Albert, out of the way, and okay. you go flying because of vampire strength, like through a support beam in the kitchen mm. and like into the tile floor, and you smash the linoleum beneath you, and now she's over you. And this isn't I'm feeding. This is I'm ripping you apart. Um, I think in the spur of that moment, Mel is going to try and cast something to scare her off of her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to cast my... Uh, divination in crone. Do I uh, have um, wheel or yeah, no? This is menace, so no, you just have a straight roll. Straight roll, alright. Yeah, because you're in that, I assume you're in that aspect, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. So. You're uh, confronting Albert as attacked. Okay. Five, seven. Okay. Uh, what's the spell? Um, so I have uh, you revealed to the subject and all of those you choose that are connected with them their untimely and violent ends. Hey. Um, so I think she's still kind of on the ground just sort of crying like letting this happen but um, you know uh, there's sort of a glaze that goes over Jennifer's eyes and she is seeing that if she continues along what she's doing that um, she sees Mel killing her like ultimately like using the the spell that she used earlier you know and showing what it looks like you know and that this is the violent end that is coming for Jennifer if she doesn't stop alright so you remember you rolled a 7 so, this doesn't stop her entirely. Sure. I kind of figure not. She is now off of Albert and has just appeared over you. And she said, yes, that's what I want. Destroy me. Destroy the monster you created. Now. Please don't make me. Please, anything else. Anything else. What? What else can I do? Just don't ask me for that. And she's gone before you can see her move. Door swinging in the night. Albert, are you okay? I've had worse. Are you unharmed? No. 
I know. I can't. I can't do what she wants me to do. She doesn't deserve that. She deserves better. Would you like my assistance in any way? I... I don't know how to fix this. I can look into the threads for you and find what solution is best for everyone involved, but I cannot guarantee you'll like the consequence. I mean, what do, what do I do? Do I, what would you do? I mean, you're, you didn't make your, your mother a monster. She was already one, but this is my fault. It's your responsibility, but this is not your fault. You didn't intend to harm her. And it's no longer fair for you to carry that guilt because it does not belong there. Let me help you. We'll find a way to resolve this. Albert's going to spend a charm to switch to, uh, I believe it's Mother. He would like to see all possible futures as a result of present actions. He's looking for the best possible solution, like, for everyone. For Mel, for Jennifer, for existence. <laughs> um, let's see. This is a menace. Am I rolling at wheel? Yeah, just a menace. Okay. So you're rolling at. Uh, it, Mel, you, did you change your aspect so that you were in I, the right well, aspect? Well, I spent um, I spent a charm to to go back into mother. Yeah. So if you're in the right aspect, then it's okay, just a regular so roll. However, gotcha. there isn't really a conflict in play that we can use. So um, the. I don't. I, I don't remember if you have another charm oh, or not. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I can just escalate it. Mm. Do it. <laughs> Are you okay <laughs> with us escalating this? Um, yeah. If uh, if you're okay with us escalating it, then yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, there is a there is a blood pact between Mel and Jennifer. Okay. Um, so, ultimately, what that means is that any harm that comes to Jennifer is going to be, in, at least in part, felt by Mel. Mm. Because she created her. Mm. Okay. Um, do I roll now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, roll the. Uh, somebody hey, Chris. Yeah, you need to sort of center your camera, so because all I'm seeing is from your eyes down. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just uh, stretching my back too long. Okay. Anyway, uh, rolled an eight. Okay. It was blood pack. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Um, that means then you've looked at all of the, the scenarios. There's right. um, really bad choices that could be made. 
Um, the best scenario is that uh, Mel teaches Jennifer how to be a vampire. Mm. Okay. And, uh, you know, lead into her okay. nature. And is there a second tier down from that? <laughs> <laughs> the second tier would be to yeah. to kill Jennifer, but that would cause um, an immense amount of psychological okay. and physical pain to Mel. And would that be, like, would the psychological stuff be um, permanent? Like, is that something she can work through in time? Sure. sure. Okay, but that's not ideal. Okay, gotcha. Um, I relay all of this to Mel, but like i i actually like show her exactly what i see so it's not just my words but like full on like i i give it all like i imprint all of this towards mel so that she sees what i saw i think i know what i have to do but it's going to have to wait until after the solstice I I'm going to go talk to her. You need not tell me what you've chosen. Just know that I already remember you. Thank you. So the uh plain lands in New Orleans are um Midwestern witches. Uh, do you have a do you have a hotel lined up? What's your plan? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We we got a hotel. Yeah, full on travelocity, straight up. Yeah. Right. So you're staying at the Richelieu in the Lower French Quarter, which is one of my favorite hotels. Um, where I had my honeymoon. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you're you're heading down in into New Orleans, um, but you uh, you are met at the airport by um, I think Cade would recognize as one of the seven, um, kind of a a fetching young black woman wearing lots of scarves, um, her hair is ornately done, and um, and she's greeting you both with a smile. She knew you. Were I walk coming. up. I kiss the hand. Uh, thank you. Why didn't you tell us you were coming? Sorry, the decision was a little bit um, last moment. Um, I, I would love to speak to you about it, but can we find somewhere a little bit more private? Okay. Uh, this is Carla, by the way, so uh, so Cape can introduce, but she doesn't introduce herself. Lola it's- said I could come anytime I wanted, so I thought I'd come. Well, uh, I know there's a lot going on up there uh, in Salem, so it's a funny time to take a vacation. But if you want to come and visit, I'm happy to show you around. This isn't a vacation. I wanted to see what I could learn from the seven, Um, you know, because there's a lot happening back home. And, um, you know, I'm pretty new. I've only been at this a year. And Lola said I could come any time. Well, I'll drive you to the hotel, and um, and maybe we can talk along the way. Fabulous. Thank you so much. She has a, a beat-up station wagon. Wood panel. And I, she <laughs> drives you to the hotel. Does nobody who's a witch have a good car? 
Excuse me? Uh, by the way, we're in a momentum scene. I don't know if anything's going to happen, but uh, was there anything you wanted to talk to her about on the way, or is she just dropping you off? No, I want to talk to her on the way uh, and go, well, I have to say, the reason why we're here is we're looking for a particular witch that is um, seems to be intent on ruining the festivities uh, this solstice, and we wanted to intervene before that happened. Oh. Okay, uh, that's good to know. I'm surprised we haven't seen it in our divinations. Well, there seems to be... We've located a harbinger. I myself witnessed Mab speak through her. So did I. Why would uh, Irish divine form be all interested in somebody in Salem, Indiana. As someone has selected to summon up the war crow in Salem, Indiana. Oh. It's, you see all of the pieces connect in our head. Well, we have a bit of work to do, don't we? Indeed. Uh, I am so glad that your divinations saw foresaw our coming that made things far more easy right well uh, I will let you get your sleep we will meet in the morning I'll send a car once again my thanks before we do we have separate rooms or are we sharing a room up to you I mean, we, we have enough money for separate rooms. So we good. have separate rooms. I want my own room, and I want room service. Yeah, um, separate rooms, but adjoining. But yeah, before you go into your room, I'm like, Carla said they haven't seen anything, but Lola said the exact opposite. Something's going on here. Well, I think Lola is suspect. That's to be sure. But we need to meet with all seven, if possible, and then try to assess who we can trust. Okay. Lola is a conflict on the table. Her name was Lola. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, why don't we do a uh, another montage to close out the session and see where everybody is left off on this very interesting evening. Who wants to start? Uh, mine's very short and sweet kind of thing. Not necessarily like actually sweet, but short. Uh, <laughs> um, we do see Mel getting ready and leaving the house and heading to Jennifer's. And there's a conversation that is had between them, but the uh, from an audience standpoint, they're unable to hear exactly what the tenor of it is. But it ends with Jennifer sort of nodding in agreement. Okay, is it safe to say we can take her off as a conflict for now? For right now, yeah. Okay. All right, who wants to go next? Cabe uh, is at the writing desk in the hotel room. And he's using some of the hotel stationery. And basically, he's writing a letter to everyone that he loves in case he doesn't survive this. Hmm. 
and he's basically opening up everything that he feels about all these people and he's putting them into envelopes and he's mailing them to himself back in Salem so if he doesn't make it they're found and then it can be distributed um Abigail uh orders a whole bunch of room service uh, just samples everything on the menu. Uh, gets a pay-per-view movie. Um, if this is on the Coven's dime, she's going nuts. Uh, and as she's uh, watching her second movie at like two in the morning, her phone, um, the phone, her normal, her phone from her, her guy life um, buzzes. And uh, it's, uh, it's Megan and it just says, hey, I think I'll leave it there. Yeah, uh, Abigail's gonna really love New Orleans with all of the spirits everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely like six in the hotel <laughs> that I've counted so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the above ground graves. Yeah, all those grave sites. Yeah, <laughs> fun. Um, Albert has been fiddling with his new phone. And it took him a while, but he finally manages to compose a text to Mel, and it's based, it, it, it just says, I know you're going through a lot, but whenever you get home, I've prepared a lot of, and then there's three shit emojis, and then for you. And then um, we, we cut, the camera zooms back, and we see that Albert has prepared some hot fudge sundaes. And what's we'll leave it at that? <laughs> we'll, we'll have a nice, nice for Albert for once. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Okay, awesome. Well, I think we'll stop there. Is a good place to stop. Um, we will be back in two weeks on July twentieth. Two weeks. Extremely important that you all know my birthday is that week. So if you want uh, to celebrate me uh it's a good time to do that also uh as a reminder we will be kickstarting this on august 10th so i hope to see you there as well if you want to catch up on the prior episodes that led up to this one uh happyjacks.org slash great american witch and all of the other ap's there are at happyjacks.org slash shows so um that's it from me would you guys like to take it out mac hey guys i have mac now yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I have been and will continue to be Mac Bovey. You can find me on the internets as at Strange Like That. That's the Facebook, the Instagrams, and the Twitters. Uh, you can also find me here, obviously, in two weeks. And also over at 12 Sided Stories every Friday on our Twitch channel. It's uh, 12, the number, Sided Stories. And uh, we're starting up a brand new... Um, uh, hack the planet game that Abria is running Ooh. and I'm very excited about it called Heliotrope. So tune in Friday at 7 PM. Emily, do you want to take the next? Hi, I'm Emily Vanderwerf. You can find out about all the stuff I do on Emily VDW on Twitter. Uh, I'll say that the way it should go, twitter.com slash Emily VDW. Uh, I am also playing in the Wednesday night Savage World game, Pembroke, uh, where I'm playing yet another super-powered young woman, because that's apparently what I do. 
brand. Um, this one's kind of a mean girl, though, so that's fun. Uh, and uh, I uh, also I am the co-creator of a scripted fiction podcast, and our second season debuted today. Find it on all platforms. It's called Arden, A-R-D-E-N. Jim, you want to take it? I am Jim, and I'm also uh, upcoming next Sunday, uh, Glittering Night, run by Stu, uh, Vampire 5th Edition, I believe. A uh, game that is super fun, where I get to play a crazy Nosferatu uh, that's really into pop culture. Um, I also am uh, uh, the guy that uh, helps run Strategicon, and I welcome everybody who likes gaming conventions to check out uh, www.strategicon.net and check out our local Los Angeles conventions. We have them three times a year, uh, upcoming in September, but we don't know whether it's going to be virtual or live now because of the virus. So uh, just keep in touch. And if it is virtual, I recommend uh, people from out of state and out of country that are Happy Jacks fans to come in and check a few things out and see how it works. Last but not least, Joe. Hey, y'all. I'm Joe. Um, I will be here on Monday nights for the foreseeable future. Um, I'm here every other Monday for this amazing game. Can, can we agree like how awesome this system has been and what a talented uh, creator and author, the, whoever made this game is? Um, loving it. I will be here every other Monday for that. On the Additional Monday, I will be in Lighthearted, which is an 80s-themed, um, you know, fantasy, uh, magic, bright neon lights and bad mullet haircuts and everything tie-dyed. Um, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to um, play, a, <laughs> play a different character. Alfred's very intense, I got to say. Um, but I will be here Monday nights and uh, look to... We look forward to seeing everybody tuning in. That's um, great. As Kerpotz is running that, and he made that game, and that yeah, game is it was like lovely. How many how many games are run by the designer on this freaking thing? It's amazing because <laughs> they're all wonderful, and you guys are all talented. And, and not to slurp your butt anymore, Chris, but uh, uh, honestly, uh, I'm having such a fantastic time. And it's it's not just the game; it's the table. You guys are great, um, and a lot of vulnerability in this game. And yeah. people being very open and very vulnerable and, and, and tapping into some really kind of heavy stuff, but still making it entertaining and fun to watch. So I, I count myself as lucky to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it is a wonderful table. You're all great storytellers. Thank you so much. Uh, and we will be back in a couple of weeks. So take it easy until then. Try to keep your uh, vampires out and your mother safe. <laughs> Stay at home, wear a mask. <laughs> yes. Order right. room service. In order room service. Copious amounts of room service, yes. <laughs>